real with Jared Lawrence. They want to know if that J-Law jinx is real. And I know my life is full of drama. I just want the top, don't want a charmer. Talk about the boy and you get karma. Bad karma, that's a sad story. Yeah, real bad karma. Condo in Miami, so that shit the charmers. I stay on the beach when I retire. I can't miss a game, I've been on fire. I'm thinking money when I sleep now. That's the only thing that give me geek now. Someone got a problem every week now. Oh, now they talking peace now. Gotta make peace to stay a hundred, stay a hundred. All my girls bad times a hundred, times a hundred. And I'm going hard times a hundred, times a hundred. I'm trying to see a hundred times a hundred. For the guys, for the city and the game. I might appear if you keep calling on my name. Put a curse up on you, things are getting strange. You ain't lie when you tell me that I changed, and I know my life is full of drama. I just want the top, don't want a charmer. Talk about the boy and you get karma. Bad karma, that's a sad story. Yeah, real bad karma. Hey, 2 a.m. with my departure. Just got to Miami, flew in charter. Stay 100, look at me, I've been in charge. Oh, you know I'm about to sauce on you. Suggest you lighten up, I might go dark on you. Hey, pull up, pull up, skirt, valet park on you. King Kong climbing up the charts on you. Oh, goddamn, say my life is full of drama. Hot boy, I feel like Dwayne Michael Carter. Life been good since I became a father. Thought you said a kid would make it harder. No, 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 tell me it just made me smarter. I cut some niggas off, put some real ones on the roster. Never miss the real niggas with the imposters. Keep them niggas far from us. I say fuck them all. I, I say fuck them all. I just checked all my accounts and my money sitting tall. Niggas shut your fucking mouth. Ain't no need to air you out. Niggas know what you about. Heard you going through a drought. Must be why you talking down, but I know. My life is full of drama. I just want the top, don't want a charmer. Talk about the boy and you get karma. Bad karma, that's a sad story. Welcome to Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. Feel like my life is full of drama. That is Drake featuring Bryson Tiller. 100 Remix. You heard me shout out the J-Law Jinx at the beginning of the song. I said it for a reason, so let's just get right to it. Follow me here on this one because it's all going to tie together. When it comes to sports, I am a big fan of college football, college basketball, NBA, NFL. The college football season recently started a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago. So we're in week two, heading to week three this upcoming weekend. You know me, I'm a huge Temple football fan, first and foremost. But I'm also a lifelong Nebraska Cornhuskers fan. Both were my teams. Nebraska I've loved since the 90s. Scott Frost used to play quarterback for them, followed by Eric Crouch. I mean, Bobby Newcomb, who he stole the spot from. Like, I can go on for days. I'm on green, Nebraska history, so on and so forth. But they've kind of lost me over the years just with different coaching changes and style of play. They don't run the triple option anymore. So I'm not as hardcore of a Nebraska fan as I've been in the past, but I've started to get back into them with Scott Frost coming back. Thought it would lead to the old school Nebraska traditions. I thought they would come back to the, the way they used to do the ground and pound smash mouth option football, all of that. So, you know me, if anybody knows me when it comes to sports, I get very excited. Same with temple temple had a terrible season last year. They fired their coach, brought a brother in. Speaking of that temple, all brothers and sisters at our school right now, our athletic director is black. Our president is black, head football coach is black, head basketball coach is black, head female basketball coach is black. All black, everything black excellence at Temple. So I'm excited 
for the beginning of that season. But we'll get to that one in a minute. Let's get back to Nebraska for a second. So Nebraska had a game a couple weeks ago in Dublin, Ireland against Northwestern. Not Miami Northwestern, Northwestern University. I forget who their mascot is, but they're like purple and black. That's their colors. So um, Nebraska played them in Dublin, Ireland. This is supposed to be like, I, I kept calling it a revenge game. But then when I realized, I looked at it, I'm like, oh, we beat them like 56 to 7 or something like that last year. So it wasn't really a revenge game. It was more of a, I guess, a statement, a we're back type of game. So, you know me, I started talking a lot of trash, saying we're going to beat the brakes off of Northwestern because that's what I expected from my Nebraska Cornhuskers. And they were up by like, um, I believe it was like 10 or 11 points in Ireland. And then after they scored a touchdown to go up by 11, Scott Frost decides for some reason to kick an onside kick. I don't know why. I guess he was trying to just really end the game. But of course, Northwestern recovered it. They ended up going down the field and scoring later in the drive and just completely changed the whole momentum of the game. They end up winning the game by like, I think they won by like three, two or three. I don't know. I, I'm trying to forget it in my head, but they end up winning the game. They might have won by a touchdown, but whatever. They end up winning. Say all that to say this. My cousin Kenya, shout out to Kenya. He called me out after that win by Northwestern. And, you know, he said, actually, no, no, I don't think he called me out till the following weekend. But I did get called out by other people on social media. But let's just continue to the next weekend. Nebraska ends up winning their game, but then Temple plays the Friday before um, that Saturday, Labor Day weekend. Temple plays Duke. Here I am again, excited for a new beginning, telling people that Temple's going to win. Temple's going to beat Duke. We're going to upset him. Told my cousin who goes to North Carolina, we're going to beat Duke for you. <laughs> I think he was actually at the game too. Yeah, he was because I was talking to him on Instagram that he left in the first quarter because it was just terrible, which it was. We ended up losing 30-0. to zero. Not much to recap from that game, but I say all that to um, tie all this together. We lost again. I overhyped it. This is where my cousin Kenya comes in. Shout out to Kenya. He says in our cousin group chat that it's the J-Law jinx. Basically, what that means is anytime I hype something up, there's always a letdown. It never lives up to the potential. So we're going to roll with the J-Law jinx because I'm starting to believe that the J-Law jinx might actually be a thing. And I think it might be a thing in dating. All right. <laughs> if you remember the last episode I did, the state of the Jared, I was so excited. I told you guys about the potential and I thought I met my future girlfriend and all this. I was excited. I was excited. I was very happy. It was the state of the Jared. Probably got a little ahead of myself. So... I'm probably, this is a reality check. I think we're back to reality on this episode. And I think when it comes to dating, the J-Law jinx might be a thing too. I really think it might be a thing because no later than after I hyped everything up, it just all went downhill. I don't know what happened. I don't know what, what made it go downhill, but basically it just, the energy wasn't the same after that. It didn't. I didn't feel the same um, vibes, I guess you would call it. it. The consistency just wasn't there anymore. I don't think it was not on my part. I feel like I stayed consistent, but, you know, who knows what the other person's going on in their life and everything. But I think I got a little ahead of myself talking about that relationship or the, the dates and what it could be. Now, I will say this. The Janine apology that I did last episode, that stands. I'm a man of my word. The Janine apology stands. Because you know what? I still am open to like dating women with kids. Now, is it what I would prefer? Probably not just because I see how, how hard it is and how busy um, women with kids are. But I think at this point it comes down to how that person makes you feel what the vibe is. So if somebody brings that feeling out of me, it's going to always be, I'm always open to like dating whoever, if you make me feel something. And I was actually talking to one of my friends about this the other day or yesterday, we were on the phone and she was like, how do you know when you like somebody? Cause she's like on dating apps now too. 
And I'm trying to explain her. I'm like, yo, it's this, it's a feeling. You just know it. You know that feeling. Like if somebody makes you feel something inside that you're not used to feeling, that means you're into them. That means you like them. And she's like, I don't know what feeling you're talking about. Blah, blah, blah. And I guess it's because she hadn't really had a serious relationship or dated anybody that made her feel that. And I was like, wow, until you feel it, you're not going to know what it is when it hits you, when you get to it. So I kind of felt bad for her because I'm like, man, you don't really have anything to go off of in dating as far as knowing what you're supposed to feel when you're really into somebody and when you think it can be serious. Luckily for me, I've had that feeling multiple times in my life where I've really liked somebody and I've felt it inside. And um, it's hard to explain. Like I said, if you if you felt it, you know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, you're probably going to stumble a little bit along the way. And, in, you know, even me, I stumble along the way, too. It doesn't always work out. But I will say this. I am thankful for the experiences, whether they work out or not, because one thing it does is it shows me that I still have that in me, that I can still feel that. So for me, knowing that that emotion is still there, I know that there is a chance for me to find the right person in the future because I'm not cold hearted. Like it seems sometimes on this podcast, like there are people that can bring that out of you, that um, feeling of hope, of, you know, love and all that. Like all that stuff can be brought out of you by the right person. So I'm thankful to still have it in me and still be able to know what it is when I see it or when I feel it. And for those of you who haven't felt that feeling yet, I pray that you do. And I pray that y'all don't give up if you have felt it because all it takes is the right person. And sometimes you have to go through some things to get to where you're going. So everybody keep your head up with that. But I'll just say this with me and the whole dating thing. I'm starting to see now why dating is a process, why it really is a week to week thing. Like you have to take each week as its own. You can't get too high or get too low because at the end of the day, you still need consistency from week to week to make it work. And if the consistency is not there, you probably have to move on. That's something I'm learning. I've had, I've been ghosted. I've ghosted people. I've had it die down, die out. So I'm just going to, you know, enjoy the process. I think I'm pretty casual with it right now. I'm not really even soliciting a lot of dates just because I'm going to give myself a little break, um, mental break to recover from uh, the first month of dating. Um, And then, you know, if somebody else comes along, I want to go on a date with, I will. I did have one date set up, but I feel like that one's starting to fizzle out too. And Sometimes they meet somebody that they might think is better for them. So, I mean, that's part of the, the whole dating process, too, where they might meet someone who they feel like is a better match. And then I think that's something with women, too. I don't I feel like women show their hand emotionally um, as opposed to guys. I feel like we can date multiple people and keep it pretty normal. Like it's not affecting us. And maybe that's why guys cheat and guys are players and all this, because they can deal with multiple women and not have it affect them. But I feel like with women, I feel like if they deal with multiple guys, it affects them emotionally. And you can see, you can tell, you can tell that it's affecting them. Maybe the interest is not showing with you or with the other person as much. So I do think that's a difference with men and women. And maybe that's why the whole non-monogamous thing is hard to do with a woman because as somebody told me, women are more emotional when they have sex and men are more physical when they have sex. Like it's not really as emotional with the man as it is with the woman. And I feel like dating is the same thing. Like when they go on dates, like a lot of these women will tell me they go on their exclusive dating. Like they don't talk to multiple guys or they don't go on dates with multiple guys at once. Like they focus on one. So I think it's different strategies there. But for me, I just like consistency in dating. Like I like somebody who you know shows the same level of effort that i'm showing like if i'm texting them i want them to reach out to me sometimes and text me i don't need the phone call every day i don't need them texting me every day you don't like i'm pretty chill i don't require a lot 
All I ask is like, I just want to feel wanted. That's it. I don't think I'm asking for too much. As the great Mike Tomlin once said, you know, we want volunteers, not hostages. So I want someone who's as excited to be with me and go out with me as I am with them. And not like I um, feel like I'm chasing them because sometimes you do feel like you're the one always initiating conversation and you're the one chasing somebody. And I'm at a stage in my life where no matter how much I like somebody, if I feel that I'm going to walk away from it because it's just, I can't do that stuff anymore. Like I was in a relationship before where it felt like a roller coaster, where it was, you know, a lot of up and down, up and down, like where I felt like I didn't know which person I was getting from week to week. Like, am I getting, the one that shows the love and affection or this and that, you know, and I'm just the type of person who is not willing to be on a roller coaster. Like if you know me in real life, I hate roller coasters. Like I don't even get on regular like rides like that roller coasters that go upside down. I don't like roller coasters. So I don't like roller coasters in real life and I don't like roller coasters in dating. And that's like a new model I'm coming up with. So if it's a roller coaster, I respectfully have to get off and keep it moving. And I'm not upset at it. Like, like I said, I've ghosted people before. People have ghosted me. That's just how the game goes. I'm learning, you know, as I'm getting back in the dating world, my feet are wet in the dating game. So I'm going to encounter situations like that and, you know, just got to maneuver around them. But I say all that to say, because this whole thing was about the J law jinx. So I'm probably not going to talk too much about future dates because I feel like once I start talking and getting excited, it never lives up to it. So I'm going to keep it pretty vague going forward on these podcasts, no matter how great the date is or how bad the date is. Like, I'll say I went on a date, but I'm not giving too, de- too many details. I'm not getting too hyped about it. I'm not even going to hold you guys. I think I got to bring back F-U-F-N. I haven't partaken in it yet, but I, I think FUFN is back on the um, the table. I think that's going to be an option going forward. For those of you new to the podcast, FUFN is an old term I used to use. And if you don't know what it means, it means fucking until further notice. Not saying I am, but the option's there. Like if, I, if it's presented, I will do that, okay? And I feel like when you're not like when you're dating, you shouldn't feel like you can't do that stuff. Like also it kind of helps you not get too attached to anybody either. So I feel like I'm bringing that back out of retirement once it's uh, time, you know, that's not time yet, but I will use it at some point. And like I said, with guys, like for us, sexual stuff with women, when you're dating is more just physical. Like we just enjoy it. We're not, emotionally connected like they am. But I do think that's part of the dating process. You know, if you want to sleep with somebody, you got women have a hard time doing that, but I feel like I just have to get out there and, um, you know, get my feet wet. I guess that's the best way to put it. Speaking of that, I was listening to Larry Reed, who, you know, is like one of my favorite personalities out there. And he made a good point. He said, do we only get physical satisfaction from women? And, um, man, I should have played the IG clip. Because, hold on, let me see if I can find it. There's so many men that don't like women, but they're sexually unattracted to men, and they have no choice but to deal with you. And they act like it, don't they? Like, these men don't like women for real. They don't bond with women. They don't emotionally connect with women. They prefer to be around men. They respect men. They get along with men. They see men as their equals. They do not view you as it. But the only reason they're with you is because they're not sexually attracted to the men. If it wasn't for sex or power, they wouldn't be with you. I need y'all to watch out for these men. Like, actually, like inquire about whether this man, this man actually like women not not if you're heterosexual my question to you is do you actually like women there's so many men that don't like thought that was a interesting conversation and i say that because we love like women like we love sleeping with women we love sex like we love the women's body and all that but i think the point they were making there is like if you think about like we we're always around our, our friends. Like the guys are always around their homies. Like they love spending time with their friends, watching football, hanging out, drinking. Like 
do they really enjoy being around women if it's not physical? And I felt like that was a good question he was asking there. Um, I think Larry Reed talked about it too, but I just, I don't know. I felt like that was interesting because I look at like a lot of people in relationships and it doesn't seem like they have a lot of fun when they're just with their wife. Like, it seems like they're more, you know, it's more fun when they're with their homies doing the stuff that they want to do that guys do watch football, drink, um, play card games, watch basketball, go play basketball. Like, it's just, do we just need women for the physical aspect of it? I don't know. I don't really have an answer for that. I mean, I guess there's an emotional um, thing there too with women where you're able to open up and stuff. But I know a lot of guys who say they feel like they can't even open up to the woman, their woman. So that's just something for y'all to ponder. Y'all let me know what you think about that. Like, are women just needed? Like, do we just want women for a physical um, thing? Like, do we just want women for sex? Like, and that's kind of like going back to my whole thing about the whole non-monogamous open relationship. I kind of like to like move how I want and do my own thing. But I do like the pleasure of a woman. So like I wouldn't mind having a woman to spend the intimate moments with. But then, you know, I still want to do all the guy stuff and hang out with my friends and do all that. I don't want to go shopping at um, where, where do women go? Where's the where's the um, home goods? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to do that on like a Saturday or uh, go to the watch them try on clothes all day. Like, I don't enjoy that stuff. I want to do like the stuff that the guys enjoy doing. Even though I do like watching reality TV, Real Housewives of Atlanta, um, Potomac and New Jersey. So I can do that with women. But as far as all the other stuff that they like to do, this is just not my type of thing. So I, I don't know. Y'all let me know. Do you agree with that or not? Like, do you think we just want women for a physical thing? Or do you think we need women for emotional connection, stability, and all that? That's probably a deeper question, too. Maybe I'm going to wait to have, like, another guest on here. And I could talk to somebody in depth about that. That would be a great question for, like, when I have, like, Kyle and Domaine and Mark and all the married people come over here. I don't know if they'll want to talk about it. But if they do... I would love to have that conversation with them and just see like what comes with marriage and what emotions like, what do you guys get from your wife? You know, satisfaction wise, is it just physical or do you get more emotionally? I'm sure the married people will probably say they do get an emotional connection from their wife, which is understandable because you guys said vows and all that, but somebody like me, single dating right now, just casual dating. I don't know what, a woman really would be able to offer unless it goes back to what I said earlier about just somebody who makes me feel something. So if you do make me feel something inside, yeah, it's going to be more than just sex. Cause I'm not even, the crazy thing is like when somebody makes me feel something like that, I don't even think about sex with them. That's more of just like, I enjoy your company. I enjoy being around you. So I do think in special circumstances like that, yeah, it's not physical, but for the most part, I think guys do want just physical with women. And I think that's why a lot of these guys are out here cheating because they're not getting the physical part at home. So they go out there and look for someone who's going to provide that or they're not getting what they need physically. Maybe they are getting it, but it's not enough, which brings me back to the whole dating and non-monogamous. And I was thinking, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like I think I'm starting to change my mind on the whole non-monogamy thing. Hear me out. I feel like, the only reason I really think about non-monogamy and like being with multiple women is because it's not somebody I am as into as I think. I feel like if I really like them, I'm probably not thinking non-monogamy. I probably wouldn't be monogamous, but that's like a whole nother level. That's like love and all that. Like I really love you, but if I just like you, I don't know. I feel like I'm still in the non-monogamous thing, but when I think monogamy is probably somebody like I probably would see myself marrying or something like that. But I, I think I haven't encountered that enough. And that's probably why I have the non-monogamous view because it's just, it's a different level of like, and y'all let me know if you agree with this or not. I'm still putting all these thoughts together. You know, I think about this stuff all the time. I have conversations with people, but I do think it comes down to how much you're into that person. But I also think 
if you guys have a strong connection and you know they're always going to be there, then maybe the sex shouldn't bother you. I don't know. It's it's something I think about, but maybe it would bother me like if I knew. But then if it's just somebody I like and I don't have those strong feelings for, it's definitely not going to bother me. So I feel like maybe that's the safe way for me to go. You know, just don't get too emotionally attached. Just enjoy it. Maybe that's the least stressful way to live these days. I'm really, you know, I'm, it's it's tough. I go back and forth with this. I'm still not sure where I stand on it. And I'm going to keep experimenting in the dating world and, you know, just seeing what works for me and talking to different people, having different conversations. But I don't know, man. I feel like I'm back at square one. Like <laughs> After this last month, I'm not sure where I stand on that. And I still, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Let, let's let's move on to some topics because yeah, I don't. If there's more to talk about when it comes to dating and stuff, we'll we'll add that in at um at the end of the episode or maybe on a future episode. I feel like I've talked enough about that. But hey, the Atlanta DA, Fannie Willis, this lady who's got like going after YSL, which is Young Thugs Crew and Gunna, and she has them all locked up. I think twenty eight members are in jail right now. I've been meaning to talk about this for a while because honestly, I kind of agree with where she's coming from with this whole Rico stuff. And if you've listened to past episodes, you've heard me talk about we need hip hop reform. I think it's out of control what the rappers are rapping about all the shooting and killing. I'm look, I'm not a saint myself. I listen to a lot of this music that talks about it. But as I get older, I just feel like I see it differently now. And we do need to clean it up a bit. I like that she's holding people accountable for their lyrics. I know Jay-Z and all of them are like, oh, the lyrics shouldn't matter. And Joe Budden and all of them say the lyrics shouldn't matter. And I disagree. I think if you're rapping about a crime you did and you're detailing it, it should matter. It should matter. If, if they can piece it together to the crime that you did and the lyrics are detailing that crime, they should be able to use that. And I know rappers think everything they say is like make believe and stuff, but I think it's on the rapper because they are the ones who are always trying to convince us that they're so real and everything they're doing is real. And then when they get caught, it's like, no, no, we were just joking. But then your whole image is about being real. And I've killed these people. I've shot these people, blah, blah, blah. So I do like that Fannie Willis is holding them accountable for these lyrics. And I do think it will make rappers change what they rap about. And hey, I ain't gonna lie, she is cleaning Atlanta up. Like she is not playing around down there. Now, if they're innocent, I do I hope they're, you know, found innocent and released. But if she has the dirt on them and is able to prove it, I'm not mad at her using lyrics that you've incriminated yourself with. I feel like if you've done a crime, you shouldn't be so specific in your lyrics about I killed this person on this day at this place. He was wearing this and that. Like they they map it all out. Y'all make the police case so easy. Yeah, the Rico thing is a real thing too. Like that's why I tell people you got to watch who you're even associating yourselves with nowadays. And I, that's something I look at. Like hey, I can't really if I know somebody's doing something wild. Like I got to distance myself from you because I'm not going down with you. I'm not. I will snitch because I didn't take. I didn't choose to take part in the crime. Well, I guess if you know, you shouldn't, but I'm not, yeah, I'm, if I know, I'm not willingly participating in any of that stuff, but yeah, no, I guess the whole snitching thing is a, is a whole thing too, where should you snitch? Should you not? I see both sides of it. It, it definitely puts your family in danger. There's like rumors of some of these snitches supposedly, uh, with YSL being threatened and their families are threatened. So it's tough and it's tough on your family who has nothing to do with it. But I do like that she's at least taking, making the initiative to try to clean some of this up. And hopefully we can get hip-hop back to where it used to be. Just partying, enjoying yourselves. And then the dudes who used to rap about killing, we knew they weren't really doing anything. But like I said before, now we have the street dudes who are in hip-hop. And that's the problem. Like we have the real killers are rapping now. And that's leading to a lot of this. Speaking of um, violence and killing... Akib Talib's brother, who uh, shot a man, allegedly shot a man in Dallas. His name is uh, Yakub Talib, and he allegedly shot a man named Mike Hickman at a youth football game in Dallas. And Akib was there too. And I'll say this 
if you know the history of Akeem Tlaib, like this is not his first rodeo. He's been around guns before. He's been involved with shootings before. So do with that what you will. I think it's ridiculous that we have shootings at a youth football game. Like, what are y'all even arguing over? It's five-year-olds or 10-year-olds. Like, it's kids. It's not even like that. Well, I guess adults take it very competitively, but you guys should not be getting into a fight at youth football games. Like, it's getting to the point where I don't even want to go out anywhere anymore. You're not safe anywhere. You're not safe in downtown Orlando. You're not safe in Dallas at a park because of a football game. And I did see the video. Didn't want to see it, but it just, you know, it found its way to my timeline. And the, the brother, Mike Hickman, rest in peace, prayers to his family. He he's actually looks like he's defending himself. Like, it's a group of them coming at him. So he's, like, waving one of the, I think, the first down flag marker things at him, trying to, you know, give some space. And they're trying to fight him, and I think that's when the shooting happens. So if it's true what they're saying Akeem Tlaib's brother did, he definitely needs to go to jail and be held accountable for his actions too. Like people got to know just because you have a gun doesn't mean that you're right when you shoot somebody. And that's another reason why I just don't even want to have a gun because you get put in these situations where you think you're doing the right thing. You're going to go to jail because um, just because you thought you were protecting yourself, you really weren't. So prayers to Mike Hickman's family. From what I understand, he was shot right in front of his son. That's very traumatic. Um, he's got to live with that for the rest of his life. His son growing up without a father and seeing his father shot. Can only imagine what that will do for him and his life. And sometimes that um, has these kids turn down the wrong path and just pray he could stay on the straight and narrow. 21 Savage said, put the guns down in a tweet and caught a lot of backlash. And I thought it was justified, the backlash that he caught. Because he has lyrics talking about a lot of shooting and killing. And I know he said it's entertainment. But some of that stuff don't sound like entertainment. Some of that stuff sounds like y'all really mean it. And like I said before, you guys are like very detailed in this. And and then you guys want to tell us you're so real. But then you're telling us it's entertainment. Like, make up your mind. Are you the realest out? The hardest out? Or is it fake? People got to make up their mind which side of the argument they want to be on because you can't have it both ways. And I think that's the issue with these rappers. I think the rappers always want to make it seem like they are the realest out until there's consequences. So if you're not really doing this stuff, I would just say err on the side of caution. You don't have to tell me every song that you're killing people. Like I understand. And look, there's a difference between like you witnessing stuff and then you also saying you're going to go out and kill somebody. There's a difference and I hate when they say that they're talk, rapping about what they see because some of that sounds like it's really you like doing this stuff. So I understand the difference. Charlie Chris won the Democratic primary in Florida. I voted for Nikki Freed. I don't understand how we keep electing these 80 year old white men to all these spots, but he will be going against Ron DeSantis for governor in November I don't think he can beat DeSantis. I will vote for Charlie Chris because, you know, he's the lesser of two evils. He is Democratic, and I'm not a fan of DeSantis. But, yeah, we got to do better because if this is what we're going to keep doing, we're in trouble in the 2024 election, and that's, like, right around the corner. So hopefully we can get some better candidates going forward, but the state of Florida right now is just depending on uh, Charlie Chris. We're putting it all on his shoulders to see if he can get it done. In um, other news, we have white kids in Iowa putting cotton in a, a black kid's hair at the Little League World Series. It caught a lot of backlash. I had a Facebook post about it where I was going back and forth with a conservative who was trying to defend it. A black woman, too, at that, just defending it. And I'm trying to say, look, this is why we need critical race theory taught in schools because we wouldn't even have white kids from Iowa thinking it's okay to put cotton in a black kid's hair if they knew, like, the historical um, struggles and stuff that came from that and what cotton is linked to with slavery and picking cotton and all that. Like these kids don't know that why we look at cotton the way we do. They think it's normal. These kids were born in probably like 2007, you know, to them it's not a big deal, but when we see it, it's a huge deal and it sends the wrong message. And I understand like they were all putting cotton in each other's hair. Like even the white kids, they had cotton put in their hair. But when you got, the optics of it showing a black kid having cotton put in his hair by nothing about white kids. It just doesn't look good. I don't care if they were all doing it. Once I saw the black kid having the cotton put in his hair, it looked very disturbing. 
And I had to speak out on it. And I still stand by my point. I think critical race theory should be taught in schools. I think we need to teach these kids like real history, the good, the bad, the ugly. America history always just wants to teach the good stuff and make everybody look like a hero. And that's probably why we have so much white privilege in the world today. So didn't agree with that one. We got Angela Yee leaving the breakfast club, which is kind of weird because she's still on. I guess she's not leaving for like to the end of the year, but everybody made a big deal about it. I will say give the breakfast club their props. They've been on since what 2011, 2012. Man, that's been a long run for them. Very historical radio show in the beginning. Nobody thought they would last. Um, the Ray J interview put them over. So many classic moments have come from the breakfast club. Of course, it's not over. Um, Charlemagne and DJ Envy are still staying and they're going to replace Angela Yee. But it's going to be different without Angela Yee. I know a lot of people don't like her. I appreciate her. I mean, she's not the strongest Mike. Charlamagne is the the guy we go to watch on there, the guy we go to listen to. It's the Charlemagne show pretty much. Envy's probably second, then Yee. But Yee does bring, like, you know, the gossipy element to it, the dating element, the sex and all that. Like, she asked the questions that, you know, the spicy people want to hear and all that. So, I do appreciate her for her role on the show, and I'm going to miss her. And, I mean, I think Angela Lee is fine anyway. Like, she's just a beautiful woman. But it'll be interesting to see who they replace her with. I saw Miss Jones has actually gotten a job on the radio in New York. So she would have been a great replacement. I have a dark horse candidate that I think would be good for the Breakfast Club. I don't know if they'll do it, but Flame Monroe, I think, would be a good addition there. Good rapport with Charlemagne already trans woman but not like traditional trans because she doesn't call herself like just a woman like she's very different in her views and her way of thinking i think she would add something to that show or they could just go traditional woman and bring somebody on but i don't know who would be good in that spot to sit there with them um you know i'd like to see maybe like an up-and-comer bring somebody that is not as well known on there and put them next to uh, Charlemagne and Envy. Maybe we don't need the big name person. I'm trying to think if there's anybody off the top of my head that would be good for the Breakfast Club. Um, Crystal from the Reed might be okay for that spot. Just thinking of podcasts and people that I know. I don't think I would go Mandy B. Bridget Kelly, I think, would be good. I could see Bridget Kelly being a good addition to that show. Angela Rye. Although I don't think Angela Rye will get spicy enough. Like we need an Angela Yee type spicy person. Maybe an Ebony K. Williams. Oh, Miss Pat. I didn't even think about Miss Pat. Miss Pat will be amazing on there. Uh, the Pat Down podcast with Miss Pat. Great, great. Very funny. She's a comedian. Yo, Miss Pat would probably be really good on there. I don't know. She might be too dominant on the mic. With Charlemagne already being the A mic, I don't know if they could handle like two dominant personalities like that, but those are all good options. If I think any more, I'll bring them up to y'all. But yeah, just interested to see what direction the Breakfast Club goes from here. And like I said, Angela Yee will be on there for a while, so it's not over immediately. One thing um, I want to talk about too, I told y'all in the last podcast about how I chipped my crown in um, Texas. And I went to the dentist and she fixed it for me. Well, that thing she fixed, it came off. So it's still back to chipped again. Probably going to need another crown at some point. But I feel like I could live with it for now. And I don't know what I want to do with the next crown. Like, like crowns are like $1,000 too. So not in a rush to get a new crown. So I'm going to just rock with it for now. But it is, you can tell it's chipped. But honestly, I feel like it looks better than the one she had put on because that one was too big. It was me and my tooth so wide. So at least now I'm back to looking semi-normal in the mouth. But yeah, the chip crown is, is a little annoying, but um, I feel like I can make it work for like another year or so if I need. I don't think it's going to get any worse. I don't know. I, I, I want to do something different like with the next crown. Like I see LeBron and them and everybody's getting like the diamond put in their tooth. Like they have a regular tooth. With like the little small diamond in it. I don't know if I could do a crown like that. I think that would be pretty cool. But I looked up those diamonds. They're like $2,000. So I don't know if I'm going to do all that. But maybe like a diamond crown. I'm going to ask my dentist the next time I go there. What are the crown options? Because at some point. 
I'm going to have to replace the crown and get a new one. And I, I want something a little swagged out. So we'll see what she says. I'll keep y'all updated on that. Uh, what's the last thing I want to talk about? Oh, I bought a new TV. Shout out to me. I was out in Wesley Chapel this past weekend visiting my friends, stayed at their house, always great hospitality. Like I get the upstairs bedroom. They treat me well. We go to the lagoon, we hang out. And while I was there, we had went to Sam's Club to get like drinks and stuff just to chill for the day. And I saw the Vizio TV that I've been eyeing and it was originally like $500 and they had it on sale for $350. And I said, you know what? I'm not even chancing it by trying to wait till I get back to Titusville to get it because we have a Sam's and Coco. But I'm like, nah, I'm getting this TV now. So I bought the TV at the Sam's all the way in Wesley Chapel. And I just, I kept it in the room because, you know, they have like kids over there and running around. And I, I told the little kid, please, just don't, don't knock over the TV. Like, let's keep this TV safe till I leave. So we were able to keep it safe till I left. Drove it home, set it up yesterday. It looks beautiful. QLED. 50-inch 4K. I'm really looking forward to watching some college football this weekend. The Steelers are not playing on TV, though, so I'm going to have to go to Amanda's house to watch the Steeler game Sunday. And then uh, I guess I'll watch the Sunday night game on it. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to checking out this TV and seeing how it looks with the football and everything. I watched some YouTube on it. It looks great. Got my Netflix back set up. Had to hit Helen up, get the new password. But I'm back on Netflix, so I'm going to catch up on all american i'm like one season behind plus the little spinoff show my brother he's tripping k-law he's tripping with the the hulu talking about he didn't put his credit card on there so i don't know when i'm gonna get the hulu back up but i need that for my real housewives of atlanta new jersey and potomac plus the atlanta tv show so whenever he gets the hulu information to me i'm gonna get on there too but i'm just excited because i'm finally able to get back on all my streaming apps and watch TV shows that I've been missing out on. So yeah, I waited. I played this one right. I waited the whole summer to get the TV. I said, I'm waiting until Labor Day and I ended up getting the TV for $150 off of what I would have regularly paid for it. And it was, you know, they were getting rid of it. Probably got a newer model coming in, but I don't mind that. I'll take the old model. That's my thing. You know, I shop at Goodwill. I always take the older model or something because that stuff doesn't really bother me. Plus the way these TVs last. My last one broke in like seven years so. Probably got to get another TV in another seven years anyway. This one will hold me down in the meantime. By the time the next one comes out, it'll probably be a lot cooler TVs anyway. So I just want to update y'all on that. And um, the importance of struggle meals. Let me tell y'all about the importance of struggle meals real quick. So I had a struggle meal last night. It was like this vegan chili. It was like a white chili. Put it over some white rice. I know people wonder like why I eat struggle meals, why I call them struggle meals. I call it a struggle meal because it's a struggle meal. Like you eat it if you're struggling in life, if you can't afford the fancy stuff. Now I can't afford like better meals, but this is how I like stay balanced in my life. Like I said, I just bought a $350 TV. So for me, eating like a struggle meal once or twice a week kind of balances out the spending. You're not going out to eat every night, spending like $10, $20 every night on food. A little struggle meal under five bucks every time, you know? So it just helps save some money, keep you financially responsible. I think me not going on dates for a little bit will probably help too. I don't have any dates really lined up. I was supposed to go on a date tomorrow, but like I said, the woman that I was supposed to go on a date with hasn't really been texting me back. So I think that date's probably a wrap too. And that's not the same person I was talking about earlier. Like it's a different one, but that one's probably a wrap too. So I'm probably just falling back and just going to kick it for a little bit by myself, save some money. Still need to buy a carpet cleaner, need to buy a new phone because my phone calls never go through on this Nokia. So a lot of stuff I need to do. And yeah, I think I would just recommend the struggle meal to everybody. If you're trying to save a little money once or twice a week, get you a little struggle meal. I think the Salisbury steak is like the number one struggle meal of all time. I prefer the version that they sell at Aldi. You get that heat in the oven, put it over some white rice. You got two meals out of that right there. And the Salisbury steak, all these like three bucks plus white rice. Boom. You've had two meals for under five bucks total. So that's why it's a struggle meal. And that's why it's important to do that every now and then because you save some money. One day I'm going to do a list of like the top struggle meals for you guys just to help you guys out and let you know 
what you should look for if you want to invest in a struggle meal. And the last topic I'm going to talk about is just you need to avoid toxic women at all costs. I don't remember what this was motivated by, but I've just seen a lot of like toxicity out there. And there's a lot of women who are just bringing bad like vibes out of people and bringing the toxicness out of the men. So I think if you avoid the toxic women, it makes your life a little easier, less stressful. A lot of people stress because of women. I mean, I'm sure women are stressed because of men too, but you just see a lot of toxicity in the women. Oh, I think I remember what it was about now. I believe I was like, saw a video or a tweet of a woman who was saying like, she intentionally likes to get her guy upset and wants to see him like fight over her. And I was like, this is the most toxic thing in the world. Like you guys are really setting your men up to go fight for your honor on purpose. And I've, I've heard stories of like women who do stuff to try to make their man jealous on purpose. So to me, that stuff is like all toxic. And if you have a woman like that, or if you're dating somebody like that, boy, just cut it off, walk away. It's not worth your mental health. It's not worth your stress. And we'll get into more of that on a later episode. Cause a lot of people are going through it right now. A lot of people dealing with a lot of stress, um, relationships. I think ever since the pandemic, a lot of relationships are probably, you know, taking tolls on people just being around your partner more, learning more about your partner during the pandemic. The pandemic has changed all of us. I've thought about my life and how much it's changed. It's completely shifted like my focus and where I'm trying to go in life. And I've had to pivot. Um, I've never focused on investing and money and all that until the pandemic happened. Never spent so much time at home until the pandemic happened. Just being alone with your thoughts is a whole nother story. And just having to accept things and think about things that you never really had to think about before. It's definitely, um, yeah, it's eye-opening and you learn a lot about yourself and uh, we'll have a more deep conversation on that on a later episode, but this is all food for thought. But yeah, if you're with a, a woman that you deem toxic, I beg you, please, please, please get, a, get away from her. Get out of that situation. It's for your own good, your own mental health. There's so many women out there. If you need to just a break from women, go out there and F-U-F-N, man. Just find you somebody, a woman that you can just have casual fun with. You don't need the stress of the relationship. And that is one of the benefits to the casual relationship. You don't have the same stress as the emotional relationship. So that's why I'm a proponent of it sometimes, but not for everybody. And I know, like I said before, it's, it's not something most women can do, but I feel like most men can do that. So, yeah, I want to say that. We're going to end this. I'm keeping this episode short tonight. Um, this is September 7th, and this is actually a big day um, for me because this is the day that Mac Miller passed away four years ago, September 7th, 2018. You guys all know the story. Drug overdose. He was found in his room. And it's just one of those days, man. I'll never forget where I was when it happened. Like I remember driving home from Tampa stopping at the Wawa in Plant City, getting coffee for the ride home and, and hearing the girl at the coffee place just talking to her coworker. And she said, did you hear about Mac Miller? And I, my, as soon as I heard her say that, I kind of knew it was bad. And man, my heart just dropped and sank. And I jumped right in their conversation. I said, oh, no, wait. I said, what happened with Mac Miller? And she's like, oh, he passed away. He died. And Man, when I tell you, I just wanted to like break down crying in the Wawa, but I had to hold it together because I don't like crying in front of people. I don't like crying in public, but man, it, it was such an emotional moment for me. It's one of those things I'll never forget how how hurt I was in that moment. And just thinking about him today, man, it just put me in like one of those moods, like a sad mood, a funk, but just also thinking about how much his music has impacted my life and helped me get through so many tough times. You know, I've done the Mac Miller tribute episode on here. We did it on his birthday. So for the um, day that he passed, I feel like it's only right that I end this episode with a Mac Miller song. I think I want to play Alarm. I, this might be the one I like, or is it Alarm Clock? There's two songs by him. Let me see if this is the one I like. There's Alarm and there's Alarm Clock. Let me see if this is it. This is a good one, but I'm not going to, I think I'm going to end, I want to yeah, end with alarm yeah, 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 clock. Yeah, yeah.
Yeah, I want to end with alarm clock. This is a good one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll yeah. come back to that. We'll come back to that song another time. That's a really good song. Now that's called Alarm. I don't even know if that's a if that one's out. I don't know if alarm clock's out either. But whatever. We're gonna end the show with alarm clock. This is Mac Miller. Alarm clock. Keep it real with Jared Lawrence. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. You'll always be missed. I'll be back with another episode whenever I come back. Yeah, I woke up. Thankful that I woke up. The breads got broke up. We had the fucking door, so what's the hold up? I slowed up, cause really I'm in no rush. Came back to earth a little, wasn't trying to go nuts. We still some motherfucking kids when we grow up. A lot of shit more than care of drinking orange soda. Now I see the mornings and the afternoons. The world looks smaller from a castle view. It's most dope, that's the crew. Me and Tree dreamt about this all from Penn Avenue. When we was grabbing quarters for some new ports in the Mountain Dew. I dropped the album, dude. Really dropped the album. Had that shit inside the stores. I'm doing numbers on the tour. This shit is still a dream. They either is or isn't feeling me. But all around the world, the kids be rocking Mac Miller tees. The devil trying to deal with me, but I don't want to hear it. I'm the father and the son, and it's fucking Holy Spirit. These are lyrics for the mind. A little fool for thought. Who'd have thought that we would be here? Everybody shocked. You see, Q never had a problem calling out hits. I was always having problems, probably A about a bitch. And I pray God, we make it. Hold this shit close and sacred. This life is so outrageous. So don't get close to done. You see, I've been up, I've been down. I get through this bench now. The man since I've been out, everybody's friend now. I'm sick of these trends now. I've seen what the end like. They say I need help. Go see what yourself like. I'm nervous, I'm anxious. The hurting, the pain is so much I can't take it. Take off in a spaceship. I love this, I hate it. I need a vacation. They say where your next shit. The people been waiting. I'm stressing about exes and things I've neglected. I just want the best for everyone that's present. So I think it's time to let it go. Clockwork sitting in the back, salty, didn't get a shout out.